0: At SFM Radio and at Pimelo Mutile on Twitter.
1: All right, so we'll come back to those discussions because I think there's a lot to respond to there. Um, But let me me just do this first because I, I have a guest that I've asked to join us for a very important conversation. And this conversation affects all of us, in fact. So I know in the midst of all of this, What we didn't discuss is the downgrade. Um, Yes, there was a downgrade just the other day. And, uh, you know, the downgrade meant a lot of us, a lot of us are going to be in trouble in this country. We didn't talk about it because I think we were overwhelmed by everything else, but it's going to affect us in a massive, massive way. Bonang Muhale is a chancellor of the University of the Free State and chairman of Bidvest Group Limited, who uh, penned something really quite worrying, which I think we should all be just thinking about a little bit. joins me on the line. A very good afternoon and thank you so much for joining us,
2: Ndati. Thank you so much for having me.
1: So the downgrade came and ordinarily, I think we would have had a bit of obsession and a discussion around it. It comes at a time when we are already overwhelmed by this COVID-19. Essentially, what does this mean for this country?
2: So for me, firstly, we will pay a premium on our current debt. That is money that is already in the country. Secondly, this could soon reach a stage where people are just not prepared to extend debt to us, i.e. money wouldn't come into the country. And if they do, it will only be at ever higher rates. A lot of fund managers who are not allowed to be in countries or institutions that are sub-investment grade will have to pull out of South Africa. This may prompt investors to further dump as much as $100 billion of South African assets. Mm-hmm. This will then lead to further weakness in the rent. South Africa will be removed from the JP Morgan's $59 billion US dollar, three indices fund, typically run from April to May. Then South Africa will fall out of the preeminent world government bond index. The rent will depreciate and thus increasing the price of imported goods the reserve bank might be forced to hike the repo rate just after reducing it by hundred basis points thereby reignite inflation the cost of borrowing will rise for both government and ordinary citizens government will have much less money to spend on infrastructure service delivery and social grants south africans will pay more interest on their houses, cars, etc. The price of bread, milk, electricity, petrol will go up. The currently anemic economic growth will stall even further. More companies will be forced to close down, leading to more retrenchments and thereby increasing the already stubbornly high levels of unemployment. All of these put together will lead to both low business and consumer confidence, therefore, both low domestic and foreign direct investment, and by definition, no new jobs. Hmm. Political distress might increase and the social fabric becomes severely stressed. We, We, we,
1: We were already in a technical recession earlier on in the year before this came through. We are now facing another crisis. As you can see, all our eyes are there and our attention is there. From where you sit, what would then be the recovery plan?
2: So, you know, this could not have come at the worst time south africa's one hand was already tied behind its back by years of corruption state capture and elevated policy uncertainty that eroded economic growth and business confidence the other hand is now also tied behind its back by the coronavirus disease of the 2019 strain, hence the nomenclature COVID-19. You are absolutely right when you say the one leg is now tied by the technical recession that we are currently in. Therefore, the relegation to sub-investment grade now ties the remaining leg mm. to totally immobilize us against this pending global recession. But the telltale times were already evident for all of us to see And what now needs to be done, that's the question you're asking. I think we must urgently embark on much-needed and long-overdue massive structural economic reforms and thereby send, by our deeds, not just by our ways, signals that South Africa is on a plausible path towards dealing with its most fearsome challenges. We must drastically reduce the bloated public sector wage bill and thereby change the current dismal narrative about South Africa and annul fears that a Moody's downgrade is a death sentence.
1: All right. So, so you asked, you're saying two things. The one thing that I want us to just focus a little bit on is that you're saying we must deal decisively with the, with the bloating uh, wage bill, government's wage bill. That means loss of jobs. Absolutely.
2: But it doesn't mean retrenching people. Remember, we don't have enough nurses, not enough policemen that are providing services. So it's simply moving them from where they were cushioned and not doing much Mm -hmm. and redirecting them to areas where we need them the most. But also, we must charge the top state capture miscreants. You know, Richard Quest embarrassed all of us at the World Economic Forum when he said, South Africa, you have lost all your credibility. Mm-hmm. Ten years, you've been talking about state capture. Not one person has been sent to jail. Lastly, the single most systemic and systematic risk is the ESCOM's 450 billion rand uh, debt, but also the 128 billion cumulative bailouts. Until and unless we deal with that, everything else will just be grammar.
1: What, what, what do you mean, deal with it? explain to me what do you mean by that so first there are a number of things you know part of that debt
2: is by private sector companies mostly banks mm-hmm. about half of it's by government tomorrow the government might decide that you know what instead of keeping this debt hanging around escom's neck like an albatross we will convert it to equity mm-hmm. therefore the share of government in ESCOM increases, even though they are already the biggest and single most uh, shareholder. Okay. But remember, there are four things that uh, President Matamelasel Ramaphosa said we needed to do. One of them was break ESCOM into three parts yes. and thereby get private equity partners. Yes. That's called privatization, yes. whether labor likes it or not. Mm. We might call it getting a, a strategic <laughs> equity partner, but that's what it is. Mm, yes.
1: no, And I fully hear what you're saying, that it, that's probably what needs to be done. Then the second, second other thing that you you mentioned is the structural economic reform. What can be done at this point? A number of things. You know, we might
2: start by first genuinely believing that the current the country warrants a lower risk premium. We might want to consider tax credits for companies that invest in large-scale job creation, especially for the youth. With monies that we might save from the annual irregular, wasteful and fruitless expenditure, we might want to redirect and increase government investment in social and economic infrastructure like water. This is the next looming catastrophe and sewer projects and housing public buildings and a safe accessible and affordable public transport now we are talking about people exercising social distancing self-quarantine and washing their hands every 20 seconds if you gave your own employees metemelo a laptop and a smartphone to take home to soweto and alexander It is the shortest way of making sure that those are going to be confiscated in the current uh, public uh, transport that we have. But but, but there,
1: there are things that have been in place, incentives that have been in place for private sector to take up for job creation, and that hasn't worked.
2: It hasn't worked because we haven't done two things. First, we have not been clear about regulatory certainty and policy Stability. Secondly, we have not spoken very honestly and openly and transparently about our challenges. First of all, we know that the South African Revenue Service normally con- uh, collects about 1.4 trillion rand a year every year. This last year, this came down to 1.36 trillion, representing a 25 billion rand shortfall. This was occasioned by a number of things but both a decline in company profits and a drop in employee tax. We knew that companies were going to pay us lower dividends because the GDP growth is only around 0.2%. But also we saw a drop from 7,500, now only 6,500 taxpayers who earned more than $5 per annum and only about 120,000 high-income earners who are taxed at a rate of 45% and account for about 30% of South Africa's personal income tax and a drop from about 3.2 million and now only 2 million companies that are registered for income tax. So when we talk about the wasted nine years, mm. these are the things that we are talking about and the indicators uh, have already been there for us to, to see. We knew that the, the, this bloated public sector wage bill was only 230 billion in 2008 2009 it is now ballooned to 585 billion because we're using it as a repository for votes and it is rising by more than inflation every year our budget deficit is now rapidly approaching 6.9 percent from 6.2 percent of gdp all of these things put together says for the last five years at least we have been in a spot of bother, but we have not been talking about the pink elephant in the room, Mapmel.
1: So... I mean, initially, there was lots of talk about the fact that everybody says, "Okay, we've now got a new administration in place. Uh, There is a state capture uh, inquiry that's going on. So those are signals that are saying that there is change moving away from that era that you just discussed. Now, my question to you is where you sit. Do you really think that the private sector is serious about this structural reform that needs to be done because it's urgent?
2: It is absolutely urgent, but the deep structural reforms need to be done first and foremost by government because government has a disproportionate voice in sending this message. But, of course, there's a piece that needs to be done by business as well. Mm-hmm. We, you know, Matt Pamela, when you look at um, the, the, the trouble that we are in, mm-hmm. business no longer really has a choice. About declaring the values that they hold dear, that they adhere to, and about making a vocal stand about this. It is now expected of them. Today, society believes that business now bears equal responsibility with government to drive the positive social change that we, we need. This illustrates a fast shifting mood towards social justice in a society's mindset. We have now entered the age where the weapon of mass destruction is social media that has hugely empowered ordinary people to hold business accountable as companies have grown in size and power ordinary people are increasingly expecting more from them to drive this positive change and to work towards the greater good rather than acting solely on the basis of business's own agenda this is an uncomfortable space for business to enter Only making money was up until now the main pursuit of old business, but finding purpose is now pivotal to the new business. Business must make the shift from a sales-based to a values-based way of thinking and doing. Business now has to answer to a very different type of stakeholder. In this era, fence sitting is no longer an option for business, but being ethical and visibly so is now mandatory.
1: This would have been a very easy conversation, say two months ago. We now have COVID nineteen. Do you not think COVID nineteen is going to be one of those once again an excuse to deviate from exactly what you've said needs to be done?
2: In fact, I think COVID-19 gives us an opportunity the same way that Moody's downgrade gives us an opportunity. Minister of Finance tells the story that when he told the president that we are going to be downgraded, the president said this gives us an opportunity now to embark on very deep structural reforms. Minister Mboweni said this is my, my hooray moment. But Mepumel, as I close, we know that reduced public spending leads to enhanced government creditworthiness which then leads to falling bond yields and which in turn leads to falling interest rates for all borrowers which ultimately leads to increased private sector investment because government currently has no money our only salvation <laughs>
1: I'm going to ask you to just be patient with us because somebody wants to engage with you. We did open the lines, if you don't mind. Oh eight nine one one zero four two seven. Nas, Naz, you're calling us from Temba. Good afternoon.
0: Good afternoon. How are you?
1: I'm um, well, thank you. Go ahead with your question.
0: All right. Uh, as I also extend my greetings to Kimba Temuha. I think uh, first and foremost, talking about the issue of that I would like to say I think that Temuhalie owes President Zuma an apology. Uh, That's number one. I think he has used various platforms to trample upon the dignity of our president and has been keeping quiet. Now I think, uh, especially that that they're perpetuating the narrative of state capture and land wasted. Yes, but in particular when he tramples upon his dignity, I think this way we take exception. One. Number two, if there are any state capturers, so let's start first with the people who assaulted the rent. The people, the company, that the only company that is has uh, been listed in the Constitution, that has been mentioned in the Constitution, which is the Reserve Bank. And all the people who, when presidency and the leading uh, organization, the governing uh, part, when they make policy decisions, they threaten to assault the rent. And they have not only threatened to assault this particular currency that all of us depend on for us to uh, buy uh, for the payment of goods and for the, for the settlement of debt. They assaulted. There's, there's, there's been already cases where they've already colluded this particular banking, uh, 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 the bankers and so forth. And then this is where, when you also then talk about uh, the issue of uh, interest, and what, where people are selling money, and uh, you know where they sell money, they sell you one rent uh, for two runs. This is see, where poverty uh, starts. Before we go, talk about other issues. Uh, at the root uh, of it, it is about this particular thing of uh, selling money. And this uh, we are saying that the Reserve Bank and all the banking uh, uh, that they regulate there, they are the ones who have to answer the the condition of inquiry and so forth. So, But in terms of other things, because I have very limited time, I don't want to venture into other things who I'm going to do injustice in terms of touching on them. But I just wanted to highlight this particular two things, is to say that there are people here today that are issuing, they are is throwing billions around here now. And we have been saying to them, and the corporate also, and I think that Mohali once also said that to whom uh, much is given, much is expected. they also uh, we want to also appeal to the corporate sector that the whole man, this corporate social investment, uh, we have been appealing to them on hashtag back demand because there is a backlog of uh, infrastructure in our country. And, uh, for example, in our community, they don't have museums, which could be a source of uh, employment creation, which could also then uh, have other benefits in terms of employment creation and all these other benefits and so forth. We have a backlog of infrastructure. That's that I can go on. But I just wanted to say, to Lahore, at the high level, just to say, the issue of corporate social investment, I think he's very clear. He's made uh, uh, speeches uh, at the CSI conferences and one, two, three. So, but we want to also then appeal to him, to his conscience, to say that you have assaulted the, uh, the dignity of President Zuma for far too long, and we we will hope that you will find it within your conscience to uh, to, to to you know we don't uh, have any problem when you differ on a policy level and politics and so forth. But there's one particular platform where he, I felt so, that uh, we really need to address this particular issue of the dignity because this is one, the, one right in the Constitution that you cannot trample upon. So, Dada. but then the other. Yeah. Dadamohaya,
1: Dada, would you want to respond to that? Thank you so yes, much. Yes, D- absolutely. So My understand.
0: brother, thank you for
2: bringing that sharply. First of all, I will never apologize to thieves. Let me tell you what your president has stolen in the nine wasted years. In four years, we estimate that this economy has lost about 1.5 trillion South African rands. That's two-thirds of what SARS collects in a year. Every year, we estimate that we have lost about 100 billion rands just to the two Zubta families. So I'm hoping that we are going to meet all these thieves that have pillaged and embarked on industrial-scale looting in the other Sun City with pink uh, overalls. Thank you very much, Mayor and I genuinely appreciate the
1: opportunity. For, for Thank you very, very much. Thought-provoking there. Bonang Mahale, Chancellor of the University of the Free State, newly appointed, may I add, and Chairman of Bidvest Group Limited.